0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning. How was Life in the Sun this morning? Man, worship was uh, off the hook again. You know, it, it's amazing because God always does things in multipliers. It's like He he sets up the worship, he sets up everything, the message, and it's I tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, it's it's going in one general direction. And it's to give him glory and to give him honor and to give him praise. Amen? Well, uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Chris Brown. Uh, I'm one of the leaders here at Life in the Sun. Uh, Again, it's just a privilege to be able to be up here. Thank you to Pastor Mark and and Terry and the the leaders of the church to uh, allow the opportunity for me to be able to share with you this morning. So, uh, without any further ado... Let me see if I have my handy dandy little, let me find the power button here. On this, Okay, came All right. So let's go ahead and just start out with our scripture this morning. But before we do, if I, allow me the privilege to pray for us this morning and for myself. Father, we just come before you this morning. And again, you know, you are worthy, Lord God. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our thankfulness. And Lord, for those that are here this morning and are still trying to get to know who you are, Father, I pray that you show a glimpse. Lord, we just saw, you know, the, the Marvel and DC comic heroes up on the screen. And we, all, we know how Superman likes to pull his shirt back and, and show a glimpse of who he is. But Father, this morning, I pray that you don't just show us a glimpse. But, Father, you show us in your full glory of who you are this morning. Let it come into our hearts, Lord God, and bring us reassurance, bring us security, bring us the the grace and the mercy that we need to live another day, but also to be able to show to the world and demonstrate who you are in each one of us, Father. I pray for the message today, Lord, that these words are not my own, but, Father, through your Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak through me, Lord God. I humble myself, and I allow you to have first place in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today's message is actually, uh, it's, it's on non-retribution. And uh, just to kind of give you a setup before we read the, the scriptures, uh, Matthew chapter 5, in the, in the section that I'm going to be covering today, which is verses 38 to 42, Jesus begins to discuss the issue of non-retaliation, and what it is, is it's on personal offenses, or, or, per, or how can I say it, it's when we go to law against each other, when we have a conflict, uh, Jesus gives us some recommendations, and these recommendations, we'll read in the first part of it, he says, it has it has been said in the law, you have heard that it has been said in the law, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, And it, and that scriptures that he's referring to, they actually show up in three different places in the Old Testament. They show up in Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. And the most succinct part of that scripture, I think, actually shows up in, uh, in Numbers, and it actually says a foot for a foot, a life for a life, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. And Again, just to kind of set this up as we read through the scripture, this was actually designed initially as the law so that conflict would not escalate, right? So it wasn't something that was unequal because what do we do normally in this world? Whenever we get uh, something coming at us, we want to pay it back double, right? You punch me once, I'm going to punch you down to the ground where you can't get back up. Amen? We, we had our superheroes up here. It's like every movie ever made is always about what? Revenge. Right? Somebody gets, gets uh, uh, you know, they get hurt, they get uh, something coming against them, and they spend the rest of the movie setting up the whole plot of what they're going to do to pay them back. Amen? So I just wanted to... To kind of give you the, you know, set the stage a little bit before we read through the scriptures. So here's the scripture. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, re- do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, Offer the other cheek also. Wow, really, Jesus. Okay, we'll get to that. If, someone, or if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. In some translations, the word coat also means wardrobe. That means you, you go, ladies, you get to go clean out your wardrobe and give it to them. How do you feel about that? If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Actually, back in, in Roman times, it, they, it was translated as uh, from a thousand steps. So a soldier could actually get you as a Roman citizen to pick up his gear and carry it for a thousand steps. And Jesus is saying, don't just do a thousand. Carry it for two. So give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Amen? So I got a little, uh, a little video to watch to kind of also set up the background of today's uh, message. So if you want to go ahead and show the video. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Funny video, but it exposes... It exposes a reality about our human nature. Amen? We oftentimes, we want to take retribution. In other words, revenge. Revenge, or retribution, just a fancy word for revenge. But what we don't realize is that in many ways, we are not capable of delivering true revenge. We have no idea what that person is. Really needs. We don't know where that person is at in their walk with God, even if they have a walk with God. And so that's kind of the angle that I'm going to come with this morning, you know. And, and, and it's funny that God set it up because here's the, the real deal God is worthy of our sacrifice. Amen? He's worthy because we have an obligation once we know him, to show who he is. Because there's a world out there that does not know how he is. So when it comes to us holding back our revenge, in essence, we're beginning to show a little bit of who God is in our life. Is it going to take, you know, is it going to be painful? Absolutely. Is it going to be difficult? Absolutely. I was just sharing with Van up there this morning, you know, after our, you know, because we meet every Thursday and we come together, we do a little huddle and discuss the, the message. And, you know, I had an outline, I had an idea of what I was going to be sharing on this morning. But it wasn't until yesterday when I really began to dig into the law of retribution that I realized, wow, God, you know, some of what you share up here in this scripture, it's beyond us. I'm like, Think about it. Think about the implication. Let's just pick, you know, the one about uh, turning the other cheek. You know, oftentimes we think that the, uh, the actual context of, of that is that we're just supposed to be pushovers, right? People are gonna, we just let them walk all over us. Somebody comes up on us, stop, starts to press us, wants to attack us. What am I supposed to do, God? Just let them beat me up and that's it? No. In essence, this is, he's not even talking about uh, uh, personal injury in, that, in, the, in the fact of where you can't defend yourself. He's not talking about letting people walk all over us. In essence, the Jewish custom that he's talking about here is actually if, if you were insulted you were allowed to slap the other person. And the other person was not allowed to retaliate. In fact, if the insult was bad enough, you got the backhand. So they would slap you one way, and then you got the knuckles on the way out. And that was to tell you, you really insulted And that's kind of at the context of of what Jesus is saying there. Thankfully, we don't do that today. Thankfully. But the other one, I was talking with Cindy about it yesterday and this morning a little bit. It says, if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. And I just realized, you know, if, say you do go to court, and the judgment against you is for $10,000, You just got sued. What does God want you to do? He wants you to give double. He wants you to give him $20,000. It's like, wait a minute, God, what are you doing? What is it you're trying to, to do? What is it you're trying to redefine? This is what today's message is really about. It's us beginning to understand what it means to be a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, we know that God in the law required bulls and oxen and pigeons and other various types of animals and spices and everything to be offered as a sacrifice, right? Those animals went and died. But Jesus, through the word that we're seeing today, he's calling us to actually be a living sacrifice. Why is that? Well, first, it's because of his own sacrifice. He died for your sin once for all. That was the greatest sacrifice he had to make on your behalf. So maybe, in Jesus opening his shirt a little bit, is saying, you know what will follow if you begin to actually do what I ask you to do in this area. Because when we say things with our, with our mouth, with our words, they're one thing. But backing them up with actions is very difficult, especially in this context, amen? We, we don't like that, you know? You have to give more. You're being judged more. It's like we're already feeling like we're, uh, we're under attack, and then you want us to give more? And Jesus is saying, yes, because I'm redefining revenge. And the other part of that that I want to share is, since Jesus took the sin of the world, the very thing that we have in conflict with each other has already been paid for. Jesus has paid every sue, every fine, every judgment, everything in in history technically has been paid by Jesus Christ. The reason we don't have the visibility of that in this life is because it's not being given. It's not being acted out where people can actually see what it looks like. Because we don't, as a world, trust in God. There is no justice in his name. It's justice in our name. We are the ones that are seeking justice and we're the ones that are demanding what that justice is going to look like. So even when you begin to think about how it could escalate, that's why God put that in the law in the Old Testament so that it didn't get out of hand and that it was kept reasonable. Amen. So what is the root of revenge? It's pride. If you see what is the middle of pride? I. You know Cindy and I were we were listening to uh, Joyce Meyer yesterday and I don't know, maybe you guys have heard of it, but she's got the robot dance. Who's heard of the robot dance? Anybody? I don't know. But I, it was on audio, so I wasn't able to actually see what the, the robot dance looks like. But she just kept saying, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? And, and it, it just it sunk in because that's how we live our life. We wake up in the morning, and the first thing we think about is, what about me? And as we step through the day, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? And just like the, the parking lot adventure, all of a sudden, <clears throat> that's my car. Actually, you know, it, it's funny that, that about that video is the, uh, the, the fact that <laughs> it happened to me. I didn't do that, okay? <laughs> I didn't jump out and, you know, no, I didn't do that. In fact, it was it was kind of funny. I, it it actually made me laugh because, it, yes, if you want to know, it was when I was in my BMW, okay? It was at the, It was at the BX parking lot. And I'm just sitting there, you know, after lunch, you know, get back in the car, turn the air conditioning back on, you know, letting lunch digest a little bit, and I'm going through the multiple, you know, events on my uh, WhatsApp, you know. And all of a sudden, this lady parks. She opens up the door. (coughs) Right into my front bumper. She just looks down, looks at me, shuts the door and walks away. (laughs) And I'm like, really? But what was interesting was at that very moment, God was saying to my heart, eh, 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 before you go out there and stick your foot in your mouth, just stay put. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, God, all right. I'm just, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. Why? Because it's just a car. Might be the very nice car. Very nice paint job. pretty, Pretty new. But it was the I that I had to give up. And I had to put him in the middle of that situation. Amen? And that's the challenge that we have. Um, And again, this is not about letting people bully us, abuse us, assault us. But what Jesus is beginning to redefine is really our purpose. If we take his example, as it says in Philippians 2, verses 8 through 11, this is out of the voice, it says, he humbled himself obedient to death, a merciless death on the cross. So God raised him up to the highest place and gave him the name above all. So when his name is called, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and below. And every tongue will confess, Jesus, the anointed one, is Lord to the glory of God, our Father. That's what he wants out of our life. He wants us first to point everybody to him because he's worthy. The other part of this that that just jumped off the page for me was he wants our lives to be able to do this. He wants our lives to point to him, to his name so that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We don't want people to, to, to praise us for us getting everything that we think we deserve. We want to be able to shift the focus off of us and onto him. And it is a challenge. Amen? So part of our purpose in allowing God to have place in our lives, in this area specifically, is the bottom line is he wants everybody to be saved. He wants. He, he said he does not want anybody left out. And the moment that we go to conflict with one another, the moment that we begin to take justice into our own hands and make our own demands... We are actually keeping people from seeing the Jesus that will save them. We are not sacrificing for others. We're demanding retribution for ourselves, to please us, to put our just sense of justice in the right place for what we think is due us. But Jesus comes along and redefines it in saying that sacrificing revenge actually proves that we trust in Him. And wow. That's a lot of trust that we have to place in him. I mean, imagine now, if God is seeding this into our heart, and say two months from now you go to court against somebody, all of a sudden there's going to be a a new uh, directive in your heart. And interesting enough, um, you know, Cindy likes to watch all these ID discovery programs and you know, about, I don't know, she's in the legal field, you know? We have discussions. <laughs> she always brings up the legal side, and then I'm bringing up the spiritual side, and we're, we're going back and forth. And it, But the one thing that is interesting is that we, uh, there was one program, I think, and I think she mentioned another one uh, yesterday, and it was where uh, a lady went to the sentencing for her son's killer. And, you know, I always always think it's kind of amazing when I watch these because you see two different types of people that are in those types of sentencing hearings. And more often than not, you have somebody there that is demanding the death penalty, saying things like, how dare you, how could you, um... Please give us an answer why. Um, You know, I hope you rot in hell. And then you have, and, and trust me, I'm not, you know, under those circumstances, humanly speaking, it's completely understandable. You're hurt. You lost a loved one. It's damaging. It's brutal to the heart. But then you see other folks, and this one particular lady in, in, uh, uh, in this instance, it was a completely opposite. She told the offender, I forgive you. I know you don't understand this now, but you need my forgiveness. You need to be set free from this so that you can see that not all people are out to get you. She doesn't know the reason why he did what he did. And I think in this instance she said she didn't even care. But it impacted her enough to be able to turn the the corner for herself, for her family, and for her God. the reality is is that you know when we sacrifice ourselves it's going to cost us something but now enters love because when we choose to sacrifice something that hurts we're proving that we love that other person and because we love that other person it may be required that we that we get hurt in the process that we take the suffering. Just like Jesus took the suffering for us. He went to the cross, not us. He took the punishment, not us. He stepped in for the other person. We don't have to go through what Jesus went through to save ourselves. But what Jesus is asking of us is to take the same attitude that was with him. That's what it actually says in the scripture. Have the same attitude upon you that was in him, that he would humble himself and be obedient unto death. So what is the fact that, that Jesus is saying here, or Paul, what is the, the, the principal fact that he's wanting us to die to? He's wanting us to die to ourselves. He wanted, he's wanting us to die to our sense of justice, Right? because the word says that there is one person in this universe that dispenses justice and that's God himself amen so he did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he was when he suffered he left his case in the hands of God who what always judges fairly. This should actually be a sigh of relief for all of us because we don't have to figure it out. When we get in conflict, when we get into a situation where we get insulted or threatened, we give it to God. And we give Him the ability to deliver the outcome. And what if the outcome is the actual Salvation of the other person. Amen? We could be showing them who Jesus is. We could be showing them that God is real. That if I'm willing to sacrifice this for this, I'm not going to do it if I don't really believe that God is real. We've heard it over and over. We may be the only Jesus that the world sees, we may be the only glimpse of heaven that they ever get to look at. And when we begin to understand the perspective of sacrifice, a lot of other things begin to line up in our lives. This was a quote from John Piper. He said, God doesn't demand our bodies because he wants models for Mademoiselle or Planet Muscle. He demands our bodies because he wants models of mercy. So what is mercy? Mercy is giving, or I'm sorry, mercy is withholding punishment when we deserve it. That's mercy. So when you think about it, when that next person cuts you off on the road and you're going blah, bleep and a and bleep, and bleep, bleep, bleep <laughs> just remember, mercy is withholding that which you think they deserve. <laughs> which is to speed in front of them and cut them off. I've never done that. (laughs) So the next scripture I want to cover is Philippians 2, verse 3. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, but be humble. Thinking of others better than yourselves. Church, this is how we show the love of God. It's, and, and again, I, I don't want to make light of any specific situation that you may be going through. I've gone through many myself. We all have gone through conflict. We've all gone through situations in our lives where things have been unfairly done to us. But I'm here to tell you is that when we begin to to resist the temptation to take revenge or to put justice in our own hands and we give it to God the outcome is far better far better than anything we could ever conjure up in our heart and in our mind. The glory that God receives when we submit to his mercy and his grace is beyond explanation. You know, there's some circumstances in Cindy and I's life right now that, you know, we're just charging ahead by faith. You know, healing old wounds, patching old, uh, you know, areas where we did try to take justice in our own hand. And it damages relationships. It it prevents us from sharing the love of God with one another. And in fact, uh, the scripture, I, don't, I didn't put it up because I just thought about it uh, this morning when I was driving in. It's actually out of 1 Corinthians verse uh, chapter 6 and verse 7. And it's actually Paul where he's talking about whenever we go to law against each other. And there's some strong words in there that he but the one that I want to kind of highlight is he actually says, isn't it better for you to suffer wrong than to go to law with another believer? It's better you just eat it. It's better you just sacrifice for that other person. Because we also have the scripture that says those that are... uh, Mature among you, carry the burdens of your weaker brethren. In essence, that's what this is talking about. Because if we're mature, we're able to eat it. We're able to take that that offense and say, you know what? I've already filtered it through the love of God. And it's not going to stick. It's not going to stay here. I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to let it mature into my heart, into bitterness I'm going to release it, God, and I'm going to allow you to be the judge. And in fact, I think it was, uh, there was, uh, somebody posted something on Facebook. um, It was about judging others, but it was so true. And what it said was that when we judge others, we're not really defining who they are. We're defining who we are. Because, number one, going back to the pride slide, we think we know how to judge. We think we know enough to render a sufficient judgment. But church, we don't. We don't know where that person is at. And in fact, it was just hitting me this morning when I was getting ready to come to church, is that what if what that person deserves is mercy? And we're wanting to give judgment. Because we know the book of Romans says that it is the love of God that calls us to repentance. It's not judgment. When has judgment and revenge ever worked? Raise your hand. Where is it at? Did it ever work? No. It never solves a conflict. Ever. All it does is escalate and escalate and escalate. And that's why we're on Marvel, Avengers, Ragnarok 12, you know, because, <laughs> why? <laughs> because Hulk smash, right? Like Mark said, you know, the Hulk is actually going to have some, <laughs> some common sense. It ain't going to happen. Why? Because it's always going to escalate. Because, okay, what happens if they defeat Thanos? Then what? There's always going to be somebody else that rises up. But the beauty of it, and this is what is so amazing about God and about the things that He's doing with our lives in contrast to the world around us, is that God has set a day of judgment. Amen? He has set the day that He's going to set everything right. There is not one thing that is going to go unatoned for, unaddressed. It's not going to be overlooked. Every little detail of every one of our lives is going to be looked at in scrutiny, in horrifying detail. So God is saying, trust me. Trust me with your judgments. Trust me with your sense of revenge. Trust me that you can sit and rest and I will handle all of that. I just want you guys to love each other. I want you guys to surrender to each other. I want you guys to not resist an evil person. Wow. You know, when I read that in the, in, the, in the initial opening scripture, I'm like, you don't want me resisting an evil person. When somebody's coming against me, you don't want me to... No. In fact, God said, step aside and let them fall on themselves. <laughs> Amen? So as we begin to close, I just got some closing scriptures uh, that I want to cover. So this is our our advice from God in this area. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And there's just some key points out of Romans 12 that really address this. If you want to go back and study it further, I suggest that you do. Romans 12 is just a treasure trove of information, wisdom, wisdom and knowledge about this area. But just to highlight a few of them, verse 3 says, don't think you're better than you really are. But be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Verse 9 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. It takes action. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them, but pray that God will bless them. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable and never take your own revenge. Galatians five fourteen through 18 says, It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out in no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? And last, for whatever has For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whosoever does not have, even that he has shall be taken away from him. When I read this verse, I thought about the previous verse. So plug in freedom. For whoever has freedom, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have freedom, even what he has, a little bit of freedom he thinks he has shall be taken away from him. Well, what do you mean, Mr. Chris? I'm talking last judgment. When you stand before God, or if anybody were to stand before God on that day and Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. You practice lawlessness. That is the one thing that has been stripped from you is your freedom you will have it no more. You can have an opinion the rest of eternity, but you will have no freedom to exercise it. So the last, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. And I believe that is it. That's all I have today. But what am I summing up? I'm summing up the fact that God deserves our trust. We heard it today and in the worship that he's worthy. He's worthy of it all. So if the worship team would go ahead and come up, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and, uh, and just pray for us. If everybody would just go ahead and bow their heads and close their eyes. Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we lift up to you our lives, each one of them single and by themselves. Lord, let us not think about our relationships with one another, but let us first think about our relationship with you. If there's any in this house today that maybe you, what was exposed today is that there, there is a lack of trust. There's a lack of trust in God's capability of governing your life a lack of trust that he will actually take care of of the people around you and the circumstances that you've been through, that there will be no justice. But God has shown himself over and over that he is faithful. And maybe at the same time you're realizing that you haven't yet even put your faith and your hope and your trust in, in God alone. And that there's so much That God can be trusted with. But the one thing that He wants you to trust Him with specifically is your life. So if you need more trust this morning, if you need to decide for Christ this morning, then go ahead and raise your hand. Go ahead and release who you are. Let it be for Jesus' sake that we live. Let it be for His glory that we live. And if you need to trust in Him for the first time, this is no, no more perfect place for you to do that than right here and right now. So if you specifically want to make a decision for Christ this morning to allow your, Him to govern your life, for you to trust him with everything, then go ahead and raise your hand so I can pray with you. Amen. See that hand. See that hand. See that hand. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We just come before you this morning, Lord God, and we lift up to you these dear souls. And Lord, I pray for that first group, Lord God, that that realizes that we can release more. We can release more trust to you and. Allow ourselves to be a good witness to those that are around us. Perchance that they would see you in them and that you would get all the glory. I pray that that realization, Lord, throughout the time that they have left on this earth, Lord, is realized more and more every day. Give them the strength, Lord God, through your Holy Spirit, to walk in the obedience that you have called us to. And Father, I just lift up to you the second group, Lord, that wants to trust you for the very first time. Lord, I thank you for their prayer this morning. And if that's you, then just say a simple prayer after me. Father, Father, I just come before you this morning and I release my life to you. I understand that you died for me. That you paid the price for me. And that because you have paid that price for me, I now can come into your presence and have fellowship with you. And God, that's what I desire. I desire to know you more. I desire to hear what you have for me in my life. And I thank you that Jesus died on the cross to save me. And I now know that his blood cleanses me from all sin. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.